Welcome to the Supported Living Property Podcast with your host, me, Lisa Brown, the place to learn about supported living property investing. In this episode, Kevin Whelan talks about his unique approach to wealth building. He discusses investing in supported living and how you can use SAS pensions to fund your investment and build your own wealth. Hi, it's a great pleasure to uh, speak to you again, Lisa. Thanks for being a, a guest on uh, on my podcast some weeks ago, and that was rave reviews for you. So I oh, um, hope I, I can perform equally well for you. <laughs> it's great to have you here. Um, Kevin, for those who don't know you, do you want to introduce yourself and tell people a little bit about you? Sure, of course. So um, I'm a, an aging, decrepit old geezer, um, not really, but uh, Kevin Whelan, founder of Wealth Builders and uh, the essence of Wealth Builders, it's a, a community of like-minded people who've got a singular focus, which is the creation of financial independence for themselves, and then ultimately to leave a fantastic legacy for the next generation. And so I've created over the years with my sort of economics background and sagely wisdom accumulated um, to teach people how to create that financial independence. And on average, people are looking for, in my community, about 10 grand a month is what they say on average, will give them financial independence. And of course, that's a, a tough ask and many jobs don't give that. So it normally takes about five to seven years for people to get there. And it's understanding a combination of owning assets. And in our IP, there are only seven, and it wouldn't be any surprise to anybody that the most popular asset by far in wealth building in the UK is property. And uh, when you can combine property as you do with other good things that people want in society, you really couldn't be asking for a better way to build your wealth. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's why we're so passionate about supported living. And, you know, I talk about it so much because I think it does that dual purpose of being a, a good business sense, but also making a difference to people. And I think that's that's something that's quite special about it, isn't it? Um, I know a lot of the wealth building background is around also um, pensions and SAS funds. Am, am I right in, in that that's one of your kind of pillars that you talk about in wealth builders? Is, yes. Is well, right? thank you for picking up on the language. So each mm. of the different ways to build wealth, we call pillars and our logo is almost seven pillars in a structure with a decent solid foundation and a roof perched on the top. That's the essence of it. So it's a really robust structure, but um, the, the, the reason why, the concept of pensions and property, which normally are uncomfortable bedfellows, mm. seem to really work very well. It's because property people always want two things. They want more property opportunities, more deals, and they want more funds. And inevitably, people run out of money before they run out of ambition. And as a result of that, you need to get creative if you're building property well. And that creativity isn't just in what you do in the property strategy, but where the money comes from. And what we found to be true is those people who are actively engaged in property would feel more connected if the money that they have in their pension life, normally from personal pensions or workplace pensions, wherever those old pensions have been accumulated, they want to kind of repurpose that money and leverage it to help them on their property journey. And I think that's quite a sensible thing to do. And for many people, it's just a disconnection. Oh, you can't use pensions for property. Well, in fact, you can. There's a way to do that. And, and certainly, specifically, there's a way to use pension monies to uh, help with a supported living strategy. So 
you know, more than happy to dive a little deeper if you. Yeah, I think I think for lots of people, when, particularly when they've got a sort of professional pensions that they've built up, they, that's just something that is disconnected from them somehow, isn't it? It's something that sits there. They maybe get an annual statement from it. They don't feel any ownership over it. I think really. Yeah, and I think um, I think I've had clients say, you know, my pension's really well organised, and say, what do you mean? Well, I get a statement and I file it. It's well organised, okay, but what's the money doing? You know, in many cases, the money's parked on a, in an asset like the stock market, which goes up and down. They've no way of adding any value. There's no social impact they can make there, and it's denying them in many cases the opportunity to use that money to build wealth for themselves and and wealth earlier. You know, because for most people, their pension kind of gets paid to them in their 60s. Whereas if you use the money and you get that leveraging properly now, you could be building a portfolio which could serve you. If you're 40 now, you could be financially independent by 45, 46, 47, way, way, way before late 60s. So it's not for everyone. We're not saying everybody who's got a pension should use it for their own purposes. But the vehicle known as SAS, which is a very curious name, um, I suppose, in property there are curious names too but the SAS is a small self-administered scheme it's essentially turning the pension into a business where you become the legal owner of the pension and you can operate it and drive it and steer it in the direction you want to and yes there are some responsibilities because it's pension money after all but the, the the essence to get across is that money can be used and it can be used in support of living and if you're a fan of supportive living as I am, you know, I'm very keen to help you share the message because, you know, I think it does so many good things, not just in terms of giving the individual property investors a superb return on their money, but it just does good things in society. And, mm. and those returns, I'm sure we'll get into that. Some of those returns are akin to commercial property type returns, um, you know, with the longer term leases as opposed to assured short haul tenancies and those sorts of things. And, um, and that's very much like a pension investment, you know? So to me, there's a very nice connection between the two, but it's an undiscovered asset for many. They seem, as you said, to be disconnected and leave the pension in a box somewhere while they get on with their property. And I'm saying, well, you could bring this into play if you wish, mm. not just your money, but the leverage of many other people. And we have a, a large community of, uh, of people who've made this decision to control their pensions called SASs, as we know, and four or 5,000 of us now. And it wow. wouldn't be lost on uh, people to realize that, you know, if you got an opportunity to connect and collaborate and help other people with their projects, because you don't have one, that's possible too. So there's a huge amount of collaboration and it brings an energy and a life and a fun can you believe we're talking about pensions and fun, Lisa? They're <laughs> not normally used in the same sentence. No, not, not normally, no. But I think so. I think there's different ways, aren't there, as property investors that people can access um, SaaS funds, like you're saying. So you can either kind of borrow money from other people who have SaaSs to yeah. use as development money. Is that right? Towards your projects. Right. Mm -hmm. But also, you can also use it to purchase property. Now, some property types you can't purchase in a SaaS. Is that right? Yeah, so let's let's dive into that just a little. So, you know, the, the governments are very keen to ensure that all pensions are protected. And that protection is really to ensure you get the tax benefits. The tax benefits are pretty amazing, really. Number one, any contributions get full tax relief. So if it comes out of your company, you get your tax back and your corporation tax. If it's personal, 
you're getting the tax back on personal income tax paid. So that's great. Then any growth on anything you hold in your pension is completely tax-free, which is great. Mm -hmm. No capital gains tax, no income tax, no corporation tax. And then when you finally pass on, there's no inheritance tax. So, you know, there's a huge amount of tax benefits. So the government, in, in their wisdom, try and restrict then what you can use pensions for. And for the most part, I suppose 95% of the population just use it to buy stocks and shares. Nothing wrong with stocks and shares, but as we've said, not for everybody. Mm. When you get into property, the revenue, very comfortable with commercial property. So, you know, you can buy commercial property with your pension and you can own it. So you become the landlord and the tenant. Instead of paying a third party landlord, you're, you know, you're owning your own property. So if you're a widget manufacturer, you want to buy the factory. If you're a poodle clipping parlor, you have the shop front, whatever you have, you know, you own your own premises. And that's, yeah. been, that's been going on for decades. But as, in pop, as, uh, as uh, property becomes increasingly more popular and certainly turning commercial property into residential, we can see what's happening with the high street, supported living, all of these new strategies. We just got to know, well, where do they fit into that ecosystem? Mm. And you're right, it's not black and white. It's a bit gray, which is why you need some guidance to help you with that. But I'll try and give a little of that. You, if you're looking to, to say, you know, get involved in, say, traditional buy-to-let, you can't use your pension to do that because it's truly residential. So you just can't do it. No. If you were doing an HMO, straightforward multi-let, you can't do that because it's residential. So the nuances is when something is commercial to residential or commercial and residential. So, for example, a hotel, people stay there, but it's not residential because it's short term. Yeah. A guest home or a care home would be the same. A prison is something you can own if you ever right. want to own a private prison <laughs> or student halls of residence are deemed to not to be permanent homes for families for so you they fall under that commercial bracket yeah so they would fall under commercial and where it's getting interesting with supported living is because we know there's this unique combination of accommodation plus the need for some form of care or support and the need to adopt um, or make changes to a property to deal with that. And, you know, you'll know, know much more than me about the degrees of modifications and adaptations needed for property. But in certain cases, those properties can be genuinely bought and owned by the pension. Hmm. And in those cases where it can't be, there is something very unique about a SAS pension, not like any other pension, a SIP or a conventional occupational pension or personal pension, you can lend up to 50% of the value of your pension to your limited company. So if you've got a supported living company and you've got a pension fund, you can lend half and then your business can use that to buy and acquire property because it's the loan that's taken place to the company and the company uses the money. And that's unique to SaaS because you have to be a limited company owner to qualify to have one. So I hear the I hear the laments and the wails of the people listening to the podcast saying, you sold it to me, Kevin, I've got it, but I don't have a limited company yet. Well, that's okay, because more and more people who take property seriously, they do create limited companies, don't they? So, And it's quite normal now 
for property professionals of all hues to create limited companies. And then that gives them permission to be able to look further into the idea of owning a SaaS and then involving themselves in learning a lot more about the different strategies. And I'm, I'm really only painting a, a slight picture today so we don't get drawn into pension technicalities. Well, it's very complex, isn't it? The, all the regulations and understanding it. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it would take a long time to delve into the whole thing. But I think the key message there is that supported living does fall into that category of sort of a, more of the commercial aspect. So even if it's a, a traditionally a residential property, but if you have a supported living lease on the property, you can potentially hold that in a SAS. And that's potentially hold that in a SAS. You just need to seek the clarification, but it's just like anything else, you know, expertise and guidance is needed uh, as it would be if somebody was looking to, you know, they're into property, they're traditionally doing some buy-to-lets or HMOs, they hear about supported living, they, they really resonate with that. You can't just do it, you know, you need some guidance and that's where mm-hmm. I think you guys at the Supported Living Gateway are doing an outstanding job to, to help educate people around that subject. Thank you. Yeah, it's just trying to raise awareness of it. I think a lot of property investors are unsure about supported living, a bit scared of it, aren't they? And I think, yeah, it's, it's trying to make people more right. aware that actually... Yeah, <laughs> you know, they're, they're like that with SAS, you know, they're, they're a bit scared of it. And yeah. um, But that's, you know, we've got a friendly face and, you know, we're, I would say we're impartial guides to SAS. You know, sometimes SAS is wrong. We'd say, hey, don't think this is right fit for you. Mm. And if it is right, we help them understand, you know, how to execute the strategy make sure it's tax safe and then you know make sure they go through the process to set it up and run it efficiently it's just like running a business and if you can run a business of any kind you can run a SaaS. so it's really not that complicated Hmm. once you overcome a little bit of initial information that you need to understand yeah, it's, it appears quite daunting when you look at it from the outside, doesn't it? And, and quite a big, scary thing to get involved in, particularly if you're porting a pension that you've saved up for, I guess, into it. That That's quite obviously my background's in nursing. It's one of the few pensions you can't port in. Isn't it? Right, right. <laughs> yeah, but, 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 on, but on the flip side, you know, we're not trying to encourage people to put all their eggs in one basket or to take unnecessary risks. But mm. um, what we've seen, though, is, our, you know, related story, just just one story, uh, more for somebody who's got the expertise and so are committed to the journey, you know, took them 25 years to build up a pension and then doubled that pension within two years. Wow. And, and this is because they took the money instead of just saying, well, it's on the stock market, doing what the stock market does. I'm going to use that money and I'm going to do developments. And it's those developments that make me the money Good. and they can use their pension to do that. So there's an incredible speed of increase of the return on investment for those who know what they are doing. Mm. And I stress that, which therefore means the pot gets bigger more quickly, which means then you can support a higher level of income because you're not relying on volatility anymore. You've got regular income coming in from your assets, which means you leave a bigger legacy. Mm. So the whole thing is joined up for if the right people uh, can learn how to use it, just like the right people can get involved in property. You need to see it as a profession, Mm. not see it as a part-time hobby, I think. Um, And those who do that, they work very well and their senses support their business rather than just being apart from it, which is what normally happens. So really incredible changes to people's personal wealth when they're taking control of it in that way, I guess, from what you're saying. Absolutely. You you mentioned that you've got a resource for people if people want to find out a bit more. Do you want to just say about that, Kevin? Yeah, sure. I mean, look, we know this is a daunting subject. So we've got, you know, so much information on, 
YouTube and videos and, and books. Even a couple of our clients have written books on it because just to show what they've done, you know, it's incredible, really. But we have written a guide, which is essentially a guide which says, you know, why every property investor should take some time to explore the SaaS. And it's a you know, nice, easy read. And it gives people an insight into what to do just to, you know, almost to serve the purpose of giving you enough information to want to know a little bit more. And I'm sure we can, uh, if you'd be kind enough to put a link in the, the show notes, anybody who wants it can have a copy for free. And what's lovely about the community we're in actually as well, Lisa, is um, when people do engage and have a chat, we always connect them to somebody else who's doing or done what they want to do. So it isn't just us saying so commercially, or you would say that. It's here's some real people who've gone through that journey of transformation for themselves. This is what they've done. Go talk to them. And if you still think it works for you, great. If you don't, don't do it. Stick with what you've got. You know, there's nothing wrong with having a property business and having your pension separate if that's what you choose to do. Hmm. But in many cases, the, the sheer acceleration and wealth is much more powerful when they combine it together. Yeah, absolutely. That's fabulous. Thank you, Kevin. That's really helpful. Thank you so much for explaining that to people. Yeah. And I, like we said, I'll put the, the link to that in the show notes so people can can access that. And we'll also put in the show notes how people can find you and where, where the best way to contact you is. So um, Absolutely. And those interested in supported living, and I definitely encourage them to connect with you, and I'm sure they already are. But, uh, you know, we're looking to work together more closely, aren't we, to, to help people. And, yeah. you know, I just think the combination of the two is a perfect match so thank Can, you for the invitation. really powerful thank you kevin lovely to see you take care bye yeah.